Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This is the Five Times Podcast, hosted by Neil Mellor at Ellie's in Greasby. Welcome to the Five Times Podcast. Some great guests again for you this week. More on that in a second. Just a quick mention for the shows coming up. Limited tickets available for shows that Cara and Robbie Fowler are doing in the US and Australia. Please look on the website www.5times.co.uk for details on that. Loads of shows in different cities. There's something for everyone out there, so I'm sure you'll have a great night if you go along to one of those. On this week's show, we look back on a forgettable Monday night football with John Aldridge and Jim Beglin as they assess our options up top. And also at the back, does Daniel Sturridge still have a big part to play? Will there be a way back perhaps for Danny Ings or even... Saka. Ray Houghton picks his Liverpool dream team 29 years on from when he first signed for Liverpool. He reflects on that. West Brom legend Darren Moore also, we get him on. He shares his thoughts on baggies. You wouldn't have fancied coming up against big Darren Moore back in the day. So let's get started. First up tonight, let's grab a quick word with former players, chairman, a natural born goal scorer. He's got plenty of goals in the back of that. Much loved cop favourite. John Aldridge. Aldo, great to have you back on the Five Times podcast. Wasn't an enjoyable game, was it, Monday? What did you think of the way United approached it? Illustrating, perhaps, that they're accepting that they are behind us at the moment? Well, some people say that. Uh, I'm sure it's a big compliment, to be quite honest. It's uh, unlike many Man United signs of the past, including coming here with, with obviously, Alex Ferguson, hmm. with Moyes and, and with Van Gaal. They showed a bit more uh, attacking prowess, you know. But we knew Jose Mourinho was going to set up in that way. You know exactly what he did uh, with, with Chelsea. Uh, and the plan, to be fair, to him nearly come off if Ibrahimovic would have made more of that chance. But uh, it was very doubt to us. And it wasn't really push for If they'd have come out and made, made a game of it, it would have been a lot more entertaining. Did, do you think we did enough to try and open up that defence which seemed like there were so many bodies back? Not in the first half. I think, I, I think you know, Red Monday was hyped up, you know, to the hills. Yeah. I think it got to certain players. Um, very nervy, giving the ball away, you know, a lot. Missed time, passes, and it was like a hot potato. And the first 20, 30 minutes were very, very scrappy. Well, the first half in particular was very scrappy, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and we never settled down they settled down because they were told to do a specific job which they did you know just defend and try, try to get something on, on, on the counter attack uh, but we, we our, our little tippy tappy stuff you know we kept on running to their, 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 their bus which was parked on our on, our, on their 18 yard box you mentioned there about um, obviously the hype into the game what about the timing though because obviously the international break comes along we're absolutely flying going into it and it just disrupts mm. us a little bit and such a big game coming on the back of yeah. it. Yeah, but I, I think when you look at the Burnley game, people said that come at a bad time, but then it done us no more, we won five on the bounce. Mm. So you can you know, people can look at that either way. Um, I think the one thing that hurt was, was, was the fact they made two changes in Ronaldo and, and Lallana. 
which we we, we were really well balanced, you know, as a team, yeah. you know, and, and you've, you've got to expect injuries somewhere along the line. But, you know, the two players that came in struggled, you yeah. know, Sturridge and Sean, who both haven't really played, looked, both of them look very, very rusty. Uh, and I think that really, you know, damaged us. When Lallana came on, we looked, a lot brighter and, and you know we stepped up and nearly scored a couple of goals when he came on yeah only well, for the keeper it was fantastic yet again against us it makes a difference doesn't it you, you know look at De Gea as a goalkeeper and think he wins them games wins them points and there's very few goalkeepers not just in England but in world football that can do that oh he's different class you know after the first year he came you know I was praying that he'd go to where we were just to be quite honest <laughs> um, on that no, transfer no, deadline day I know I remember oh yeah he's just he's, he's done so well for them he's been the best player for the last couple of years you know and the cop are, the, the cop are clapping him <laughs> because you know we're so generous Liverpool fans now we were hey we were quality by the way you've got to sit back and say that that's class that you know Man United fans boo our goalkeeper whatever you know. he goes into the cup and they all clap and he claps I thought yeah bit of class have that you know that was nice but you know he, he, perhaps if we booed him next time we might put him off a little bit because he had a storm a second now <laughs> well, well eight games in obviously we get a point from that game against Manchester United we're fourth in the table I mean the, the start we've had it's been tough hasn't it you know some of the games that we've had away at Arsenal Chelsea you know the champions yeah. Leicester as well at home after eight games, fourth in the mix, you'd have taken that, wouldn't you? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, it's, it's quite ironic that the only game before it was Burnley. Mm. And that's, that's just, you know, it's madness when you look at it. But that's football for you. You know, we go to Tottenham, we should have won. You know, uh, Burnley, you know, it, it's just one of those games. United, we could have so easily won. So it's good signs. It is good signs. The problem is now, you know, can lads raise the, raise the game against these teams that are coming up now? We're just going to batten down the hatches and make it difficult for us. You know, the very, very few teams coming up, we'll try and venture forward. We'll try and, you know, nick a point off us or, or nick three points off us. And, you know, last year we struggled. You know, it's another year. Hopefully the managers learn by it and the players have learned by it. You know, we could do things a little bit quicker, you know, uh, in, the, in the last third and, 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 and get, get, get the early goal or get it. To get the first goal and, and see, see that'll make it an awful lot difficult for these teams to come out and get some offers. Do you think that's the key? Talk, looking at some of these games here, West Brom, Palace, Watford, you know, all these sorts of sides, Sunderland are all coming up. That first goal is going to be vital in those sort of games because we mentioned the big teams, Arsenal, Chelsea, we've done yeah. brilliant against them. But these sort of games are the ones where we need to really accumulate the points, aren't they? They are. You know, sometimes you need a little bit of luck when, when teams are defending, you know, so deep in numbers or a bit of ingenuity from, from the class players that we've got you know, to get you that vital goal mm. um, sometimes if it doesn't come along they just, just, they've got something to hang on to I just wonder how, how different it feels for you all though because I'm, I'm, I'm looking at us at fourth and we've had a good start but in the past at this sort of stage it's been we've been seventh we've been eighth we've been tenth we've been almost yeah. too far off and thinking we've got too much to catch up whereas yeah. I think there's a genuine feeling but we're involved this season aren't we yeah now it's just spot on, you know, years gone by, you know, we've been, you know, six points behind and eight and then the further it gets, the harder you try. Mm. And there's no margins for error. You know, we, you know we, we've got ourselves in a situation now. The only teams we haven't played from, from the, 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 the top part of the league is Everton and City. You know, but we've got to get to these teams. We've got to put these teams to bed. 
you know, be, be clinical uh, and then see where it takes us because it, it's tight up there. You know, it's, it's going to be a fun. We all we all expected it, didn't we? It's going to be a really good league this yeah, year, yeah. and it's panning out that way. It's really interesting. I wanted to ask you about Daniel Sturridge. He started the other night against Manchester United. No Premier League goal, which is quite surprising. We've scored a lot of goals yeah. this season. He's fit. You know, he seems to have had the injury troubles behind him. A year ago, we were desperate for him to be starting. He was a must starter. Yeah. What do you think's changed? I think I think it's great in the fact that you know people are saying now that you know, maybe he shouldn't be starting, which is great. Mm. Last year we were panicking, when we all yeah. keep him fit, keep him fit. But but to be fair, I mean, he must know himself, Daniel, he, he's not set the world alight, has he? No. You no. know, he, he needs goals. As strikers, you need goals. He's not scored a league goal. I know he's, he's only, he hasn't played an awful lot, like four or five, whatever, but he's got to score goals. He's got to get himself in the positions to, to score goals. The other night, only once where Firmino failed to see him at the far post if it had happened mm. other than that he wasn't in the areas he's dropping off a little bit too deep at times he's not running behind you know and maybe his confidence is yeah. down because he hasn't got that goal I, I don't know but he certainly doesn't look himself in and around the 18 yard box well, that- um, but, but we'll, we'll wait and see how it goes but the fact what I'm saying is now you know people can say well Firmino does well up there with, with, with the lads in behind him you know Lallana Coutinho and Mane and you've got Origi and, and, and Danny Ings now is coming you know to the fore you know getting games under his belt and goals under his belt and twenty threes. It looks a little bit more uh, promising than it did last year. Yeah, well, just just on Surge, I wonder, does he suit the system? Or you mentioned there about confidence. How key is confidence for a centre-forward? Because centre-forwards, you, you know, your, your record was incredible. Love putting the ball in the back of the net. And he's gone a few games without hitting the back of the net. And yeah. confidence can play a big part, can't it? Because he's such a quality player. Yeah. But you know as well, you know, Neil, you know the fact. Not as you many know, as you are, though. Scoring, <laughs> <laughs> but but you, you know... When you're not scoring goals, the goals are shrinking, and the goalie looks seven foot, and he, he looks the, the, the width of Neville Southall. You think <laughs> so I, can't, I can't see the corners here. You know, you need one to go in off your backside sometime, or an easy chance away. And all of a sudden, that goal just inspires you. And you, you next one comes along, you're a lot more confident. It's crazy, but that, that's what confidence is massive in football. It always has mm. been. We asked the, the fans to uh, to get in touch and give us a question. Philip McGough from Twitter has been in touch. Would you rather have dinner, Aldo, with the fourth official from USA 94 or Sepp Blatter? Oh, the, the official. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, no, no problem. I'd like it for him to say, well, to get an apology from him, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> would you make Would you make it? <laughs> I'll apologise. I'll apologise for my bad language at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> there was uh, a Football League manager this week, uh, Adam Murray at Mansfield, and he's banned players from using mobile phones. He said that they need to communicate. They can't expect to, to just have their head down in the mobile phone all the time. Do you think that's a good move? I think in and around the training ground, yeah, I do, yeah. I, I, think, I think, yeah, you know, uh, you, it's, it's social media, it's just taking over the world. But at the same times when you're training or after training in and around, I, I think he's got a point, you know, ditch them, put them away, have them, have them on, on, on sound case or, or, or have a number. Obviously, if something, you know, comes up regarding a family, it's very, very important. So obviously, you can, you can do that. Mm. But, but yeah, I, you know, I, I think you know when when you're training, hey, hey, 
for three or four hours, you know, so I'm not have it. You know, when you're training anyway, it's not a problem, is it? Mm, uh, I, I want to know what, what you would ban because you've you've been there as a manager. For me, it's the headphones, it's the baseball caps. It absolutely does me. I didn't want to oh. see, you know, them getting interviewed or even walking into the changes, and I'm thinking, it almost looks uh, yeah. like, a, like a discipline, like a lack of respect. Yeah, yeah. You know, when when you used to put food on for the lads and they come in with with caps. You know, when I was growing up, it was it was always you know bad manners so to be a drop a, a cap on or a hat on when you're eating. And uh, in the end, we, we had to say, look, you know, just for, while you're eating, don't have the cap on. It just doesn't look. It might be old fashioned, but it just doesn't look good on you. You know what I mean? But yeah, manners manners is a good thing to have. Isn't it? We've got another question from Twitter for you. Russ Anderson's been in touch. The question he wants you to answer is. Should we cash in on Daniel Sturridge in January, and is it time to give Danny Ings a start? Well, only only Jurgen Klopp knows that. It's not for me to say, isn't it? Mm. Uh, Daniel's got to. He knows he's got to do better. He knows he's under pressure now. You know, the, 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 the place isn't. You know, is it's not it is when he, whenever he's fit. You know, the players playing well, and he's got a battle to score goals to, to keep the place. That's the way it is, and the way the, the way it should be. And, and it's great to see Danny Ings, you know, um, really chomping at a bit because he's had a nightmare, nightmare year or so. This uh, way of playing would suit the way we play as well. So, you know, Daniel could have a bit of a fight on his end for the place. Well, he's doing all he can, Danny Ings, scoring goals, 23s. To finish with then, we just had a little chat there about the baseball caps and how we don't like to see them. Another one arrives on Saturday. Tony Pulis comes with his West Brom side. I can't imagine that being yeah. too exciting again. What are you expecting from this one? <laughs> I know you're going to get from Tony. You know, you're going to get from West Brom under them. Um, they've had a really good start to the season, to be mm, fair. Mm. You know, last year I watched the game and, and uh, the way they went about it wasn't wasn't great. You know, they got a 2-2 result, you know. The three kicks, corners, they are exceptional. They were some fantastic balls. And we can't afford to give too many silly fouls away in the last third, you know, because they can make us pay. Uh, and they defend really well. You know, he, he's got them together. You know, very regimental, and and we'll make it tough. We need we need the first goal. Mm. We really do. You know, they've only conceded a few goals as well. So he's got them. You know, well clued up. Older, brilliant. Thanks for joining us. All right, mate. Wish you well. Cheers, Older. All right, Mel. All the best, pal. Brilliant. Thank you. Top stuff. To hear previous podcasts, checkouts, and rate our page on iTunes. Thanks for listening. Great to hear from Aldo there. And let's keep the Irish theme going then. Jim Beglin now is waiting to speak to us. Let's talk United first off. Jim, it, it was a long wait. Plenty of hype ahead of the game, the Liverpool-United game on Monday. Did you expect the sort of match we got? I did, actually. Um, in the build-up, because um, we do the world feed, we get asked to do lots of little kind of pieces for other broadcasters. But Man, U- Man United Television asked me to do a little piece. And... Uh, I don't think they were <laughs> that impressed by the time I finished it because I thought Mourinho might might try to stifle things and, and find a way of um, of making it hard for Liverpool. I think you have to remember as well, Neil, that um, the last big game they played in the Premier League this season was the Manchester Derby. Yeah. And for the first half at Old Trafford, they were totally outplayed by Manchester City before they kind of rallied a little bit he made a change at half time getting the rear on and, mm-hmm. and they kind of looked a bit better second half so there was no way I think he was going to let that happen again and Liverpool dominate the ball as Manchester City did so I think what he put in place w- was clever um, is is it ugly? yeah um, 
did it spoil things on the night of course it did but listen it's part of the game and you have to respect it um, and I thought Manchester United did a very good job of, of st- stopping Liverpool uh, that way mm-hmm. um, I think they just shut things down they kind of reversed the press didn't they and they shut things down across midfield and it obviously starved good possession to you know Liverpool's craftsmen Firmino Coutinho uh, Mane and, and of course Daniel Sturridge became a kind of a, an isolated figure up front um, and tactically you know he, he got it right I mean after that they were just hoping for a moment to come along or maybe to cash in on a on a set piece um, and I, but I think Jurgen Klopp was was kind of right in saying as well that y- your opposition might do that to you, but you still have to find a way around it. And I think Liverpool were a little little surprised by what happened and a little kind of off the mark mm-hmm. in the first half. Second half, I thought it improved a little bit and United dropped. Um, Lalana gave Liverpool a kind of an extra little surge, but uh, but overall it was it was a dud. Yeah, well, looking at the way United approached the game and. Big rivals, and and I still look at United as as rivals this season for for where we're going to finish in, in the league table. I expect the sort of approach that they did on Monday night from a West Brom, from a Sunderland coming to Anfield, and I think that's why there's been a lot of criticism because United have spent a lot of money, and okay, Mourinho's coming in and inherited that after Louis Van Gaal, but the amount of quality they have in that squad to have approached the game with the, the way he did, almost six defenders two just in front and Pogba just playing off Ibrahimovic for me he, he got his result but, but I'm thinking surely you expect a little bit more from someone like United um, but Mourinho doesn't care about that I mean I go back to I remember working on the when he was at Inter Milan the Inter Milan Bayern Munich Champions League final mm. Inter Milan won that 2-0 Milito scored two goals and they had something like 28 or 29% possession mm. and I think United had the lowest possession stats of 35% in the Premier League after that game the other night. Yeah. I think Manchester United, as soon as Guardiola, I think, was kind of a, announced as the next appointment at Manchester City, Manchester United, I think, realised that they had to get somebody who could maybe compete with them. And not necessarily on on a, on a level of style, but just on, on a level of pure competition. Um, and I think that's why Mourinho's there. As soon as Mourinho was appointed at Manchester United, Manchester United compromised any wish to go back to the Fergie style of play. They, they've just said, well, you know, we're not really bothered about that. It, it's about re- results. I think, I think as well, Neil, he's still, he's still tinkering with his, his best formation, maybe his best team. Mm. I think Herrera's come in and done a good job there. I always thought Fellaini would come in yeah. uh, the other night and kind of, uh, and, you know, play, play to that, that kind of approach. Well, 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 Jim, well, Jim, Pogba, Pogba was released, wasn't he, further forward? Yeah, but yeah. He, he was, but it was a game of pressing. I thought the two midfields almost cancelled each other out and nobody could really get anything anything going. And I think Pogba, you know, was a victim and Ibrahimovic and indeed Sturridge and, and, and the Liverpool kind of half-forward line. Well, well you mentioned in there about Fellaini coming into the side and, and I totally agree with you. I expected him to start the game. What surprised me was... After United quieted us down in that first 20 minutes, that was a real opportunity to, to put crosses into the penalty. We've looked a little bit unconvincing this season with crosses in, new goalkeeper in Carrius. And with Fellaini in the side, I thought United would really bombard us with that, but he had no intention, Fellaini, of getting in the box and, and trying to get on the end of any crosses. Yeah, I, I think that would have been part of Manchester United's ploy. I think um, the set-piece situation we know you know all about Manchester United 
have improved in that regard they look more dangerous now they've got extra height on their side with Pogba Ibrahimovic when Fellaini plays um, centre-backs coming up so you know that 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 is um, a kind of a a position of threat for them now mm-hmm. whereas Liverpool are a little vulnerable in that regard and, and I thought Manchester United would make kind of much more of that I, I agree with you totally I, I even I even said that you know, to try and avoid Liverpool's press, Manchester United might go quite quite long and 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 direct. Mm-hmm. At, t- at times they did, um, yeah. And I thought that would be their kind of modus operandi, but they never really got anything going. And I mean, you know, what is it? Ibrahimovic had the one chance really with the header, and he he, he made a mess of it. But apart from that, we saw we saw hardly anything go into the box. A couple of things were flashed across. I know Carius got a little glance on one from Rashford. Um, and then he kind of flapped at another, and there was a foul given on the, the far post. But no, Ma- Ma- Manchester United offered very little. If 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 anyone was going to nick it, it, it was Liverpool. Coutinho almost did, but um, De Gea matched with a great save, didn't he? But mm. you know, o- overall, um, yeah. If if you're a Man United fan and you're hoping for um, a little more style, then. You know, you're certainly not going to get it in big games like no. that. And Mourinho, I think, wanted to try and restore his reputation, having lost to Manchester City, because you know, over the years we've seen him with Chelsea, they've been very difficult to beat, and they've got great records in the big games. And I think Mourinho just wanted to get back to basics. Mm. Walking out of Anfield on on Monday night, I was disappointed, felt frustrated, but looking mm. at a positive, it was a clean sheet, and and United. As tough as a game it is, they always seem to have a knack of scoring a goal against us. So it was pleasing to actually get a clean sheet and against United as well. Yeah, well, absolutely. I I think that's a kind of a, an area of huge importance for Liverpool this season because you know under Brendan Rodgers never quite got it right, and and then under Jurgen Klopp it was it was a little kind of erratic at times. I mean, winning big. But, but also kind of conceding quite a few goals. And I think Liverpool, I think in the last year, in terms of goals traded, I think are, are at the top of that particular table. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's a lot of goals been exchanged. But I, no, I think it is very important that um, things are kind of solidified a little defensively, um, more than a little. Because over the course, if Liverpool are kind of going to sustain maybe a run at the title, who knows at this stage, um, certainly a, a top four position then, um, it, it's got to be better at the back, but but I liked um, what what we saw at Chelsea, where they had to kind of dig in second half, and then you go back to the Swansea game where it wasn't good in the first half, but they dug it out. You know, mm. they dug one out in the second half that day, and and that needs to continue because um, we know the, the the really stylish, slick attacking play is there. We we know Liverpool can call upon that. But it has to be matched with a, a much steelier side at the back, and um, you know, and, and I'm sure there's a concentration on that and what he's what he's doing this season and trying to make sure that you know that that's all settled. We'll have to see in the longer term as well with with Carius. It's still difficult to to assess because you know he got very little to do the other night. Um, I know he made one error with the ball at his feet. Um, some people are saying the jury's out. Well, just let's see how he goes. I mean, he's he's bound to have been. Um, you know, a little apprehensive in in coming into the team. So let let's see what he's like if if he gets a run of of six to ten games, and and I think we'll be much better placed than to uh, 
to, to see how, how good or not he is. Mm, what, what to get that steal defensively? How important is it, do you think, to get a settled defence? It appears that Matip and Lovren seem to be the centre-half partnership. Klein, who's a survivor from, from a year ago. Milner's been filled in at that left full-back position. And obviously the new goalkeeper in Carrius. I look at some of the players who aren't involved in that, you know, your Sacco, your Moreno, mm. Mignolet. And I just wonder, is there any future for them? Or is it going to be really difficult for them to, to get back into the side, do you think? Well, I think in terms of the goalkeeping situation, I think there's there's good competition there now. And I think that's what Klopp wanted to put up to Mignolet in the first place, you know, in getting Carriers in. So, you know, as I say, if 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 um, there are one or two errors down the line, then, you know, Mignolet could be getting a look in again. Um, in terms of Moreno getting in at left back, I can't see it happen anytime soon. We're all a little surprised that he didn't sign a left back in the summer, but James Milner looks as if he's been playing there all his life, mm. and uh, and that's coming from somebody who who played a little bit at left back. I'm I'm very impressed with him. You know he's a good-hearted lad, and he's got great application, and and he gives you everything he has. But um, but I I think he's been a good steady presence there. And in terms of in terms of the centre backs, I whatever's gone on with Sacco, I know he 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 obviously upset Klopp during the summer. Um, He's he's got to go through the whole process of kind of easing his way back into it. I mean, he had some tremendous performances last season in the Europa League, so I wouldn't say his his time at Anfield is is completely up yet. He's as long as he does the right things from now, he he can work his way back in because you never know with injuries and suspensions and stuff like that. Um, but I actually like the two that are in there at the moment. I mean, I, I spent a couple of years working on German football and I saw a lot of Matip when he was a little younger. Mm. And, I, and I have to admit that I always felt he had a mistake in him and I was always a bit nervy for him. But I think he's matured and, and the extra experience and that little bit of age he's got now. And, and he looks good. He looks good to me. I, I like Matip. And, and Lovren had a very nervy introduction didn't he to his mm. Liverpool career um, and everybody was like thinking oh my god what's he going to do next <laughs> but uh, his confidence has grown now and you're kind of looking to Lovren at the moment as a kind of a, as a reliable you know as, as somebody you can kind of as you, you can depend on um, and I think that's a good thing and I just hope they get the chance to develop an understanding and, and stay in there together and make it hard for anybody to knock him out whether it be Clavin or, or Sacco if, if he gets another look yeah, there's no question. Matip's been very impressive to to deal with mm. Costa and Ibrahimovic. But let's look ahead to to what can be achieved this season. Obviously, we're currently fourth in the table. There's only eight games gone, but it has been a very, very tough start to the season with some of those fixtures. What can be achieved? Do you think this season? Well, I mentioned a potential run at the title. I I think that's the way Klopp is. I mean, when I when I look at Jurgen Klopp, um, and I was fortunate to have a little sit down and be in his company last season, and he's he is very impressive, and he just says it as it is he's just a straight talker um hey i'm ryan reynolds recently i asked mint mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation they said yes and then when i asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts they said what the f*** are you talking about you insane hollywood ass so to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices 
down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Have to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com/slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. And I, I think he's, he sets big targets. I don't think he's going to mouth off about them, but but I do. And just kind of watching him and the way he 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 coaches from the touchline and he's so hands-on, it kind of brings me back to, you know, almost, you know, Ronnie Moran and, and, and back to the the side I played in and, mm. you know, where the levels were, were really high. He sets the, the bar was set really high back then. And I think he's, he's doing the same thing. And I, I like that. I like to watch that. So I, th- I think he's aiming high. I think, um, I mean, m- maybe to, to go all the way on a title run this season might be asking a lot. But if things can be um, more consistent on a defensive basis, I think that there's a possibility that Liverpool could have a, a blast at it. I'm not going to say Liverpool are going to win the title, but they, they could have a crack at it. They could they could be up there towards the end. It could be something like 13-14 because at times there has been that excitement recreated again, almost like, you know, Sturridge, um, Sterling and, and, of course, Suarez, Luis Suarez. Mm-hmm. And, and the thrill that Liverpool got, you know, that season, just very unlucky to, to miss out. Um, there might be something like that again on the cards. But, but I think there's a very realistic chance now. I mean, I said top four at the start of the season. I think there's a very realistic chance of, of top four. And um, I think if that's what it ends up with, then I think it would be the next step for Jurgen Klopp and, and this Liverpool team. And I think it would be progress. Yeah, I, I totally agree with the, the progress shout there. Looking ahead to, to West Brom, as frustrating as Monday was against Manchester United, I look at West Brom coming into town and it could be another very frustrating afternoon. What do we need to do differently? Because you're talking there about it needs to be a little bit consistently better this season if we are to challenge title top four but this sort of team West Brom coming to Anfield they're going to come everyone behind the ball right you come and break us down you couldn't do it against United can you do it against us on Saturday what do we need to do do you think differently spot on um, just have to hope that the kind of the calibre of opposition is is uh, a little less and they they won't be as tight but I, I I totally agree with what you've just said. I think Tony Poulos will try and do a Mourinho on on Liverpool, and um, and I think Liverpool will be expecting it now. And I'd like to think, you know, they might have been kind of caught a little on the hop by what Manchester United did and the way they they suppress things. But um, I I would think, you know, you, you, well clearly you're going to need the Firminos, the Coutinho's, the Sanes, uh, bang on form. If those guys first touch is good and it wasn't always good the other night and they're able to get on the half turn um, then I, I think we're going to be in a much better position what we failed to do with those fellas the other night was get them in the little pockets of space between um, midfield and defence Manchester United compressed all that I think West Brom will try to do likewise and so much so you, you saw those creative players for Liverpool dropping deep to try and get on the ball even Sturridge at one stage was coming really deep I think there, there has to be that kind of improvement throughout the team that there's much more zip in the ball, that the first touch is better, the technical side of the game is better. And and if if that's the case and they can start linking up, then I think West Brom are going to have big problems. But that that's all it is. It's just finding a way around the um, 
the blockade um, and you do that with with quick movement and passing I mean you can't reinvent the game it's you know and, and these situations keep on cropping up but it's just trying to maintain those levels and, and and it's not always easy to do it I think the media create this demand for almost perfection every game you know that you, you, you're going to be perfect in everything you do. It doesn't work like that, you know. You, you know, even even back then when Liverpool were winning titles, um, you'd play what maybe well for really well most of the team for eight to ten games a season, and you might kind of drop points in a couple of those games, you know, and so on, so forth, then down the line. So, um, so it's it's all about um, Liverpool kind of maintaining those standards, and I I have a lot of trust in Jurgen Klopp to uh, to have that delivered to to. Um, extract that from his players. I I I, I think that, that the signs are really promising and very positive. Yeah, I hope we can deliver against West Brom on Saturday. Aside from football, I know you enjoy your football watching different levels all throughout Europe. Do you have a little bit of TV time, perhaps with the misses, something different away from football? I'm, um, I'm only asking this because Google Google, Google Box. I'm just going to say Google Box. Google Box on Friday has Daniel Sturridge appearing. You could be watching it. I'll have to watch that. I, 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 I definitely have to watch that. Um, well, I'll tell you, yeah, myself and the missus are into. Um, there's, I, I, I'm, I'm sure people have heard of it. There's a kind of a Danish detective um, program series, um, box set, whatever called the Killing, and I'm, I'm catching up with that. I'm a latecomer to that. And funnily enough, I was down at Chelsea last Saturday for the, the Leicester game, and I saw Big Jan. And the commentator he works with for Danish TV, mm. um, Karsten. And I went over to them and I said, for Bridelson, because that's what comes up on the screen. That means the killing. And they both looked at me and said, what? <laughs> I said, for Bridelson. And they went, what? And then Jan said, spell it. So I spelled it out. And they went, oh, you mean for Bridelson? <laughs> <laughs> so... Um, so Jan hasn't watched it, but his his, his mate had, um, and it's it's quite good. There's there's a few twists in it, and it's uh, it drags on a little bit in parts, but uh, but it keeps you guessing, and and I like a bit of that. Jim, I wondered where you were going with that Danish out then, but enjoy <laughs> goggle box with uh, Daniel Sturridge, and obviously the game on Saturday against West Brom. We thank you and and wish you all the best. Yeah, cheers, Neil. I'll be there on Saturday, and looking forward to uh, to three points. Brilliant, Jim. Thank you. All the best. Coming soon to a city near you, the Liverpool Legends. For more information and ticket prices, check out our websites, fivetimes.co.uk. 29 years ago this week, Liverpool signed a player that knew our previous two guests very well indeed, and he went on to make a huge impression on arguably the most flamboyant Liverpool team of all time. McManaman has gone to the left of Burrows. Allowing Patton to come through the middle and he's scored again. Liverpool have got their third. Ray Houghton. So Ray, what did you make of that last Monday at Anfield when United came and it was nil-nil? Well, yeah, I think everyone was anticipating it was going to be a, a really good game. The form Liverpool had shown recently, where they've been playing some outstanding attack in football, it just didn't materialise. Um, you know, Manchester United came with a game plan which we all anticipated, which was to sit back, frustrate Liverpool try to hit them on the counter-attack just didn't live up to the height that surrounded it but uh, it's probably a better point for United than it was for, for Liverpool because uh, with the games Liverpool's got coming up if they could have picked up three from that you know uh, I really would have fancied that they put a good run together and, and put the other teams in and around under a bit of pressure 
I just wonder when the team news broke and we were missing Alana and Vinaldum, how big a miss they, those two players were for us. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you there, Neil. Uh, I think they, both of them have shown great form uh, throughout the games that they've played this season. Milana's playing in a deeper role than he certainly was playing for Liverpool last season. And it suits him. He gets around the pitch a lot more. He gets involved a lot more. He's looked bright in possession of the ball. I think Vinaldum's been a, a, a great signing for us. Alongside Henderson in midfield, they complement each other so well. He does a lot of uh, a lot of work, but maybe not everyone sees. But it's only when he's not in the team you realise his importance and how Liverpool play. So they were two massive losses from that point of view. But you know what? If you're going to be a big team, you need players to come in and replace them. And I don't think the lads came in and you know they they came in with the right intentions. It just didn't quite work on the night. But you know when you're playing against one of your big rivals, you know sometimes. You just have to take on the chin that you went at your best uh, and at least you've not been beaten. And that's the only good thing we can take out of the game. Yeah, how did Emre Chan do for you? Because I felt as though at times he was a little bit similar to Jordan Henderson, a little bit too deep, whereas Vinaldo and Lallana, they really do bomb forward and, and add to the attack. Yeah, but that's one of the things, Neil. You know, you've got to take into, you know, into the debate when you're talking about when Emre Chan comes in, is what he gives the team, what does he offer? You know, he's more of a, I would say, a box-to-box player at times. He can sit deep as he did uh, alongside Henderson. And he's not played a lot of matches, so I'd give him a little bit of leeway. You know, he had a great season last season. Um, he's actually been very patient because others have maybe got ahead of him this time around. And when you come in, you're under pressure to perform straight away. Uh, and it didn't quite come off for him. But there's no doubt that he's going to be uh, a major influence for Liverpool over the years. Just got to stick by him. Still young, still learning. I think uh, as fans and as people in the in the media, we're always looking for perfection. We're always looking for players to come in straight away and hit the ground running. There's got to be eight, nine out of ten. That's not always going to be the case. You have to be patient with players, and certainly someone like him, you know, I'll give him a bit of leeway. And he nearly scored, of course, after that magnificent save by David De Gea. Uh, with West Brom round the corner, another team where you're thinking they're going to make it really frustrating for us. You know, the term part the bus sort of thing. But they are going to they are going to sit very deep and make it difficult for us to break them down. What answers do we need to, to change well, listen, compared the dif- to that, that performance? Yeah, the difference United? is, you know, it's put the ball in the back of the net. You know, Liverpool had two, two good chances. You know, the, um, and they were manufactured, weren't they, in many respects. The one for Emery, where he was really unlucky, you know, the little left foot curl out of the bottom corner, and what a save from here, because he didn't see it too late, and it was quite close, so he had to manoeuvre himself to his right-hand side to make the save, I thought it was outstanding, and then the save he made from Coutinho was absolutely world-class, you know, Coutinho's done that so many times for Liverpool, cuts in, curls that ball in the far corner, looked like it was going in, and somehow he got his right hand to it to make the save, and another day that goes in and you win the match, so, you know, that was a little bit unfortunate. There's going to be many more teams this season because of the way Liverpool are playing that are going to uh, come and park the bus. And you've just got to try and find the way, you know, to open up the defences. Certainly the personnel's there, you know, and, and I think with Lalana coming on as a substitute the other night, you know, Vinaldo will come back, I'm sure, at some stage as well. And once they do, with the quality there, that uh, Liverpool will be fine. They'll, they'll be good enough to open up defences. They'll score goals as they've done before. But they've just got to be patient at times. Fans have got to be patient. Players have got to be patient. Wait for the openings and then make sure when you're in that situation that you put the ball in the back of the net and you walk away. And if you win 1-0, you know, you think, thanks very much. Three points. It's the same as winning 4-0. You still get the same number of points. It's only your goal difference is a little bit better. I think the current team would love a, a modern-day Ray Houghton in there. 29 years ago, I think, the anniversary is. How does that feel to, to well, very old. back on that time? <laughs> <laughs> Very old indeed, Neil, let me tell you. Uh, yeah, no, it was, I can 
still remember the day I came up. I played for Oxford United against West Ham on the Saturday. And after the game, my wife and I came up to Southport uh, to meet uh, the chairman, Sir John Smith, uh, Peter Robertson, the chief executive, and Kenny Dalglish. And the, the hotel sat down, discussed this, didn't last long. I didn't need to. I mean, I, was, I just knew I wanted to play for this club. And once we sorted out the financial package, which once again didn't take long, um, I had my medical the next day and then I went up to Dundee with Kenny that day on the Sunday and played in a testimonial on the Monday. So I met the lads for the first time Monday morning and it was just five wonderful years. You know, I, my career there was finished first, second, first, second, sixth. You know, and uh, that's what it was all about for Liverpool, being up there competing, winning things. Uh, and it was just an absolute joy and a privilege to be part of that. Uh, you know, your special clubs, have, you know, you feel part of that club. And certainly, five years of Liverpool when they were a top, top side, winning things was absolutely incredible. Yeah, very impressive and a great contribution from yourself back then. What we did a little feature a couple of weeks ago with Mark Lawrence, and we asked him to pick, uh, you know, a, a five-a-side team. We gave him a, a few categories. Yeah. And it'd be interesting to see how different perhaps your team would be to his team. One of those categories which we'll start with is right-footed player. Who, for you, had, had a real wand of a right foot that you could trust out there on the pitch? Oh, Jan Norby. How far do you want to hit the pass? Five yards, 50 yards? <laughs> on to your six wins? Jan had it all. You know, he was absolutely incredible. I, I once watched Jan play in the 1986 World Cup. Go and have a look, look at it on YouTube and see a fella who had such a variety of passing which was absolutely to die for. It was absolutely outstanding. His quality mm. was top-notch, so that's quite an easy one. For me, listen, there was plenty of good passes of the ball at Liverpool, but not with his range. You know. And, and by the way, right foot or left foot, it didn't matter to Jan. He was equally adept on either foot. Well, we'll keep him in the right-footed category. Who will we put in the left-footing ca- category? Well, we didn't have many, to be honest. There wasn't a lot at the club. with Steve Stone and Gary Abler. Uh, and then we had John Barnes. You know, Barnes, he, my favourite player that I played alongside at, at Liverpool. You know, whenever I'm asked who was the best player you played with, John Barnes, his first two, three seasons in Liverpool was untouchable. He was absolutely outstanding. He, he had a fantastic uh, way to pass, great cross to the ball, you know, scored some spectacular goals with his left foot as well. So that's another quite an easy one for me, John Barnes. Building a nice little team here. We've got Moby and we've got Barnes. And what about the best engine for you? The best engine. Uh, I would have to say Nigel Spackman. Spackman was when he played, got up and down the pitch. The Duracell battery, non-stop. Uh, <laughs> he was gone, constantly on the move, Spackman. So, you know, there'll be a few other Steve McMahon was a bit like that. Stevie was brilliant in that. But I just felt with Nigel, he never looked tired, Nigel. He never looked like broke sweat. Everything always seemed <laughs> quite easy for him. So that'd be a, quite an easy one for me, yeah. Next one, vision. Who had the best vision? Oh, the best vision. Well, I tell you, how I, I had an, a, 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 I watched him so many times, and I've often wondered how he got any positions. Ronnie Whelan. Ronnie was the best reader of the game I played with. You know, you would think you're on training, you would get the ball, and you would see a pass. And as you were going mm. about the pass, Ronnie would come across and he'd be in your way. And you went, where did he come from? <laughs> you know, was about, how did that happen? He wasn't there before. His vision and how he's seen the game and he read it was exemplary. And he was absolutely fantastic, Ronnie, from that point of view. Not the quickest over the ground, but his brain and seeing things positionally where it should be was absolutely outstanding. Well, it, well it's interesting because when we did it with Loro, he had Ronnie Whelan in, but he had him as the hard man, which is your last category. Who's oh, going to be your hard God, man? God, well, he was. He's, he's the dirtiest hard man as well. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you a quick story. We played in the FA Cup uh, at Carlisle 
And I remember a lad coming in and he looked like he was going to go in the over the top with a challenge on Ronnie. And you sort of turned away thinking, oh no, Ronnie's going to get hurt. And Ronnie came in and put the lad on his backside. And I said to him, what happened to him? I seen him coming 10 minutes ago. He said, not a bother. That was fine. <laughs> he just, once again, that was his reading of the situation. And he knew how to put his foot in. But you know what? You know, he, he was fair at the same time. He didn't go in to hurt people. He went in to win the ball. Uh, but he was, uh, he was very good at it. But, well, he can't go in the hard man category. Yeah, well, well okay. he's in the division, right, so who's going to be a hard man? I tell you, I tell you, he was quite hard as well. Uh, big Al, answers. Everyone thought he was a cultured footballer. Let me tell you, in training, when needed, he put his foot in. Don't worry about that. He, he was flying into challenges as well. So uh, Al, Al could do that. There's no, no, no danger about that either. So from that point of view, I'll put Hansen in there. I've got to get him in somewhere. He was my roommate for a number of years. So I've got to get him in there somewhere. <laughs> Brilliant, Ray Houghton's five-a-side team. Right footer, Jan Moby. Left footer, John Barnes. Best engine, Nigel Spackman. Vision, Ronnie Whelan. And the hard man was Alan Hansen. What a side that is. I'm sure that would give uh, Loro's aside, Loro's side a, a good game there. Right, to finish with Ray, West Brom. What are you expecting from this one? Well, a tough game again. I think Liverpool, you know, these are games you probably looked at on paper and the only thing, you know, this could be three points. You know, if we're on the game, three points but look what happened with West Brom recently against Tottenham an unbeaten Tottenham this season in the league you know they were 1-0 down Spurs we uh, only a couple of minutes to go when Daly Alley came up with an important equaliser for them so you have to be on your game you have to be focused uh, and if your players play to the same level as the opposition when it comes to commitment and attitude then your better ability will shine through and that's what I'm looking for Liverpool uh, to do I think the managers uh, you know really told the players in no uncertain times they have to keep the focus that was shown against uh, Swansea away where he said you know listen you know everyone thinks it's going to be easy it's not we have to match their energy which they did and then when the Swansea players run out of steam Liverpool really took over and that will be the case this time around against West Brom you have to match them and then when they start to fatigue a little bit get a little bit tired then your better quality comes through and that's when you have to finish off the chances that you create Right absolutely brilliant thank you for joining us on the five times podcast all the best thanks neil the legend show on the five times podcast okay brilliant delighted to say i'm joined by darren moore the former west brom man welcome to the five times podcast tell us what are you up to these days uh i'm now a uh, um, professional development coach at uh, west brom and albion uh, the role nearly uh, entails me working with the uh, under 23s but the elite players what we deem in the under 23s is uh, that, that step up from the 23s into the first team. So I work between the, both the first team and the 23s and sort of um, watch and see the, the, the better players uh, that are doing really well and excelling in the 23s. They make that transition from the 23s into the first team. So, for instance, we've got Sam Field, uh, Jonathan Nico, and Kane Wilson in, in and around the first team. So it's just really keeping that communication from the first team into the academy and working in with both groups and that, you know, and, and also at the same time that the, the ones that don't step up into the first team that work out, that goes out and loan, which we've got eight out of the building at the moment, it's just watching them and managing them at their, at their different various clubs that are at in League One and League Two uh, and making sure that their uh, development's coming along as well. Do you, do you train at the same facility as the first team so the young players may get an opportunity to train yeah. a few more times with the first team yeah yeah absolutely we're all at the same uh, facility the, the, the training centre is on two sites 
Um, and you've got the younger ones up near the, uh, the football club uh, in the academy building. And then we've got the professional development phase, which you've got the first team, the under-23s and under-18s in the same camp. So the more younger, promising ones is always in the, in the manager's eye line uh, on a daily, weekly basis. It's such an interesting topic, obviously, at Liverpool. We've, we've seen a number of young players progress through into the first team, but it's really about trying to establish them, themselves, and it is very, very difficult. I mean, how, how difficult do you think it is for some of these young players now? It's, it's not really difficult because you're talking, um, they're going up against pros that's been in the Premier League and played two, three hundred, four hundred or more games. So it's very, very difficult. The, 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 the Premier League... Um, he's gathering momentum it's getting bigger and bigger each and every single year everybody wants success uh, by the pick of the fingers which sometimes it, it can work like that so um, you're on the front line for managers uh, jobs and, and livelihoods are at risk really to, to really try and put a youngster in any youngster getting in the game now uh, the likes of Gareth Bale, Oxlade Chamberlain, Theo Walcott, all those boys from Janus, what was Luke Shaw, what came onto the scene at 17, 16, 17, 18, and established themselves. Those are your benchmarks for the kids now, you know, looking forward now. That, that's their level and the consistency you have to get at now, week in, week out, a Premier League club. Not just mentally, but physically. Can you manage it physically, week in, week, in, week out, to train with a group of players and then play against opposition on a Saturday and still uh, contribute and get the result for the football club. So it's really, really difficult for youngsters coming in now on, on to deal with the game on a mental basis, but on a, phys- on, on a physicality week in, week out. And, and these are the things where they get tested week in, week out. So it's, it's very difficult. Not only that, but the prize was at the end of it, you know, the, the lure of, um, of being successful in the Premier League and challenging for the Cups, or even if it's just to be, just to stay in the Premier League, it's a real, real difficult um, um, time for the, for the youngsters. But not to say that they can't do it. It's just that the level of expectancy is rising each and every single year. Mm. Well, the first team, your first team, West Brom, visit Anfield on Saturday. You've seen more of West Brom than we have this season. When we think of West Brom coming to Anfield, we're thinking it could be another frustrating afternoon. What, how, how have West Brom been this, this season so far? Yeah, I mean, it's, we're certainly um, a team and a football club that's, that's been growing in the, in the right way, in the right manner. Um, certainly that most teams that we've come against so far have found it very, very difficult to um, play against us. When, when you've got uh, a squad of players um, and sort of buying into a system and not, not to get root beat but cause problems when the opportunities arise for us, that's been West Brom, really. Very difficult to beat. Very, very hard team to get momentum against because the players work so hard for each other and believe in each other. Um, we, we, we've this season we've added a little bit more uh, to the squad at the transfer uh, deadline, which has which has helped the squad. And and as I said, you know we're we're just as game by game going. We're starting to grow. The, the, the best thing probably for us, Neil, was the transfer window closing. Everybody settling down. And we know what the, the job is in hand now. And, and as you've seen over the last three, four, five weeks, we've strung together some real good, uh, positive results uh, based on the back that, you know, it'll be very, very difficult to uh, play against. And uh, I'm, I'm hoping and that, you know, we carry on in that same vein because we have to be that way um, and that good uh, to get anything from Liverpool. We know that arriving at Anfield on Saturday, it's going to be a different, difficult game. Years in top Scott. 
a wonderful brand of football there, an exciting brand of football, uh, a brand of football that brings a lot of uh, energy, speed, tempo, um, angles. Uh, they test opponents. They ask questions of opponents. So certainly on Saturday, as a squad, not just a unit, but just as a squad, we're going to certainly have to be at our best and and um, continue in the same vein. If not, we need to dig even deeper, really, to go up to sort of Anfield and, 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 and get something from it. You've seen me the Manchester United game in the week. The respect that Jose uh, uh, paid to Liverpool in terms of arriving with what people may deem another talented squad, but the squad uh, denied and nullified Liverpool any spaces to work in between and that, you know, and, and that was Manchester United. So it just goes to show what the, the, the world of football thinks with the brand of football that Jurgen Klopp's brought to Anfield. Uh, and they're a dangerous opposition. Well, I'm looking at your squad and uh, you mentioned a little bit er- earlier on about a couple of new arrivals within that West Brom squad. One that certainly caught the eye for me as an outsider has been Chadley. You know, I wonder how, how good has he been and, and is he somebody that we really need to be mindful of at Anfield on Saturday? Yeah, he's a, he's, a, he's a quality player. He's an excellent player and he's certainly been a breath of fresh air for us. He's given the team a new dimension. Uh, he's cleverness. Uh, uh, to work off the front man London's been excellent he's touch and play his awareness his game understanding his work rate uh, all what you need with good players he, he has all those in abundance uh, a wonderful man a great character around the, dress, uh, around the dressing room uh, full of positive energy uh, and a great great person to have on board we're, we're absolutely delighted to have him on board at West Brom he looks like he's been given a new lease of life. He was playing at Tottenham when well, he wasn't playing, but he's in the squad. And it looks like he's come to West Brom and it's almost like the shackles have been released off him. And he's just expressing himself and he's playing in the team and he's, and he's brought so much to us. And, and you know, he, he's just gone into the, the Premier League like uh, sort of water in a duck's battery. He's just taking it all in his stride and he's just really, really done superb for us and, and scored some very, very important goals and played a wonderful part in the success that we've been having over the last two or three weeks. Maura, we will be certainly keeping an eye on Chadley on, on Saturday evening at Anfield. Thank you very much for joining us on the Five Times Podcast. We wish you well. Thank you. The final word on the Five Times Podcast. That's your lot this week. Keep downloading or click subscribe on iTunes so you never miss a show. Thanks to Aldo, Ray Houghton and Jim Beglin. Big Darren Moore also. We'll speak to you next week. Thank you. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.